Hello, this is episode 197, and in it, I'll be talking about using a design construct or a design build business for your new home or renovation. I'm going to be sharing information about what these companies are and the key things to know if you're planning on using one. Design construct or design build companies, they can seem like a great way to manage cost and to still get a custom design approach inside a one-stop shop with a single point of contact. However, there are a range of reasons why it may not work for your project and some specific areas where it can be problematic. So stay tuned as we dive into design construct and what you need to know. And of course, remember you can grab a full transcript of this episode as a free PDF download by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 197. That's the numbers 197. So be sure to do that so that you can review this episode as needed and catch up on anything that you might have missed in listening to me. Now let's dive in. Welcome to the Get It Right podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. With over 25 years industry experience, I've worked with loads of homeowners like you to create family homes that work, feel great and that you feel great in. I'm a wife and a mum to three kids who, thanks to our own renovations, they all learned to climb ladders before they walked. And I'm a registered architect who is passionate about you feeling informed, educated and empowered as you design, build or renovate your home. Now, if you're up for some frank and open conversation about the true nitty gritty of designing, building and renovating based on professional and personal experience across hundreds and hundreds of homes, well, you're in the right place. Undercover Architect is an award-winning online business and resource that began in mid-2014. And it's all about teaching you how to create a fantastic, feel-good family home. One that works for you now and into the future one that is sustainable and affordable, and that helps you live a great lifestyle, both in and beyond your home. So whether you're renovating or building, whoever you're working with, and whatever your dreams, your location, or your budget, consider Undercover Architect your secret ally in helping and teaching you how to get it right. Now, before we jump into this podcast episode, a quick shout out to my sponsors. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me and my free online workshop, Your Project Plan. I actually created this online workshop because I so regularly see a lot of time and money get wasted in renovation and building projects. And this happens largely because homeowners just don't know what they're supposed to be doing next. So that makes it really easy to make missteps, to take the wrong advice, or to actually skip important parts of your project that will catch you out down the track or worse, mean that you miss out on things that you really wanted in your home. Learn how to avoid serious and expensive mistakes, what to do next, whatever stage you're at in your project, and also access some great bonuses too by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. And that's project plan spelled P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. That's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. Take the guesswork out of the next steps you need to take in your project journey and sign up today for free for this great online workshop. And now let's get on with the episode. Here we go. Now, before I jump into this episode and specifically talking about design construct or design build, I want to touch on something first. Now, you may have heard me talk about the PAC process or the paid as consultant process, so PAC process. Uh, You may have heard me talk about this before. And of course, if you've joined my Choose Your Builder mini course or you're a member of my Home Method online program, you'll have heard me talk about this collaborative approach to design and costing in more detail. 
And you may have also heard me talk about it on other Undercover Architects platforms as well. The PAC process or the paid as consultant process, this is the name that uh, we've given to a process that we teach builders inside my other business, Live Life Build. This is where a builder is paid as a consultant to be involved during pre-construction and advise on cost and buildability whilst your design is being developed by a designer or an architect. And we've got a specific methodology that we teach and it's that methodology that we call the PAC process. Now, basically, your designer and your builder both work with you collaboratively throughout the design phase. And this is a process that I suggest to homeowners who really want to ensure that they're developing their design in alignment with their budget as well as managing the risks around their site. And also if they are renovating, they can manage the risks that they that might exist with their existing home as well. I'm actually going to be talking more about the PAC process and giving you more detail about it in an upcoming podcast episode and explain why it's a really great and proven way to work through the design phase of your project and to set yourself up for success in construction. That episode will help you understand what the PAC process is and also what it is not, okay, which is important to understand. Now, the reason that I'm bringing this up now is because whenever I speak about the PAC process, when I talk about this idea of what the PAC process is, I have homeowners actually say to me, oh, yep, that's what we're doing, so we're all good, we're fine, that's exactly what we're doing. And then after I talk to them more and I ask them some more questions, I actually find out that what they're really doing is working with a design construct or a design build building business. Now, this is not the PAC process. This is not what we teach as a methodology of the PAC process. This is very different to the PAC process. So before I share more detail with you about what the PAC process is here on the podcast, I thought it would be worthwhile to first spend an episode talking about the design construct uh, process or the design build process, what the issues can be and how to manage your risk uh, and the process for your project. Because it's something that I do find I'm sort of talking to homeowners a lot and explaining a lot about the differences. And so I think this will then help you understand if you are thinking that this is going to help you manage your risk, get you a design that's a custom response for your new home or renovation and get it on budget, then there are some specific things to be aware of before you dive in. Now, firstly, I'm going to outline what I'm actually specifically referring to when I say design construct or design build or a design construct builder. So what is design construct or what is a design construct builder? Now, If we think about the traditional approach, uh, which is especially, you know, this is in the world of individual residential renovations and new homes. When you want to do a custom new home or a renovation, what you'll generally do is this. It's known as a design bid build. So this is when you work with a designer and that might be an architect or a building designer and you create a custom design for your new home or renovation. So you work through all the options, you develop the concept into more detailed design and drawings. You make selections of products and materials, you get your approvals from council and for for construction, and then you send out your package of drawings and specifications to a selection of builders. You wait for their quotes to come back in, that's the bid bit. So you've gone through the design bit, then you're sending out those quotes, then you're getting the bid bit to happen. And then you choose your preferred builder and you sign a contract and you work with them through construction. That's the build bit, so design, bid, build. Now, what we also know about this traditional model of design, bid, build is that it can be a source of a lot of disappointment and frustrations in projects as well. And this is because designers and architects may just not know what your project will cost 
And there's a mistaken belief that all architects and in fact all designers will actually know what your project will cost to build or renovate as they're designing it. And this mistaken belief, it can lead a lot of homeowners into trouble as they rely on costing advice from their architect or their designer during the design phase only to be sorely disappointed when they go to tender or they do that bid process and then they find that the home design that they've fallen in love with exceeds their budget. The costing feedback that's being given by your architect or your designer It's only meaningful if, firstly, they're doing lots of finished projects that are like the one that you're planning. Secondly, that they're collecting regular data on what those projects actually cost to complete, not their contract sum, but what it all ended up being by the time everything was finished. And also that they're keeping up to date with industry trends and costs as well. Now, I know a lot of architects and designers who will have years of data on their finished projects. And so they can actually identify costs on a square meter rate as a result that can then be used for predictive costing on projects that they're working on, but only if you're doing a project that's similar to their past projects. The problem is, is that many architects and designers who are in private practice, they actually don't get to see a lot of their homes built per year. And with costs moving at the rate that they do, it's super difficult for them to provide accurate costing info. And, you know, I also see architects and other designers, they'll get a budget from their client at the beginning of a project, but then they'll never discuss it with them again. And the client just assumes that the architect or designer is keeping track of things because they shared the budget at the beginning and that they're only presenting design ideas that meet that initial budget until they discover that that's just not the case at all. And the architect and designer hasn't really been keeping track of it. Another thing that can happen is that the designer or architect will just simply estimate a square me- a dollar per square meter. They'll they'll figure out uh, based on wherever it comes from that projects of this nature are a certain amount of dollars per square meter, and so then they'll just keep a running tally of the areas on your design drawings, and they'll use that dollar per square meter to, as a multiplier to kind of track the budget overall. But if your rate per square meter isn't accurate in the first place or you have specific challenges with your site that's not reflected in that dollar per square meter amount or, you know, it's not being updated, you know, over the six to 12 months that you might be designing with them, then it's going to be a really dangerous way to estimate your costs. So over the years, what's happened is design construct builders have actually cropped up as an alternative to this traditional design bid build process. And in a design construct building business, the design is actually done as part of working with the builder. So that can mean that the designer or the design team will actually be in-house with the builder inside their company. They'll be working as part of the team and they'll be directly employed inside the building business. Or it can mean that the designer is external to the building business, but they're hired by the builder as a subcontractor to actually provide design services to their building clients. And so homeowners will work with this one company from start to finish, from initiating that design process, working through any required approvals, and then into construction and the completion of their new home or renovation. And that design process is managed and it's delivered within that relationship with the design construct builder. Now, why do people use a design construct company or a design construct builder? 
This is really because of the much known drama that can occur in a traditional design bid build process that I described earlier. You know, homeowners, they're often looking for a way that they can have greater confidence at the outset, that they can manage their design process according to the specific budget that they have. And, you know, there is one one major reason why the volume builder or project home industry is so successful, because they've literally turned the process of building a new home into something that's similar to shopping for or, you know, choosing an item off the shelf. You can go home, you can you can go into homes in a display and you can say, I want that on my site. And then you can start working through the process of sort of figuring out what that's going to cost you in a fairly simplistic way. Now, by contrast, when you work through the process of working with a designer and you're navigating the design and the approvals and the documentation process, and then you're going about finding a builder and going through signing contracts and into construction, that can all feel very mysterious and difficult and full of unknowns and a very time-consuming process. But if you want a custom design for your new home or you're renovating, then, you know, that option of the volume builder or the project home company, that's just not really going to work for you. It's going to be too limiting. And so these design construct companies can seem like a really great alternative. They've kind of cropped up in the middle. And this is usually the design construct promise. And I think this is why it's such an attractive offering for homeowners. They basically say to you, look, if you work with us on the design of your choosing, the custom design, for your new home or renovation, then we'll manage the design and the budget throughout and then we'll help you build it according to that design and budget. And because we're the builders, we're going to know what it's going to cost and we've taken care of the design because we have the design in-house or we've found a designer that will subcontract you know, to you and we'll give you one single point of contact and responsibility throughout all of that. So we're going to be across everything, we're going to be taking care of you you won't have to juggle any other parts of the process. You can literally come in at the beginning and walk out the end with a finished home. And because we're across it all, you don't have to worry about anything getting missed along the way. Now, that is an attractive promise. Like I said, you know, just to be dealing with a one-stop shop who will offer the full package. However, the reality can sometimes be very different. And I've had enough homeowners contact me with stories of, of having a terrible experience to know that there are pitfalls and hazards to avoid and why these things occur. So let's start unpacking some of the things to be aware of if you are planning on working with a design build company or a design construct company. And for the purpose of this episode, so I don't have to keep saying design construct or design build, I'm actually going to just refer to it as DNC. And DNC is actually, it's a terminology that gets used inside the industry as well. Here, we're just going to talk about it as these design construct companies. So firstly, we're going to have a look at the design itself and just understanding the design part. Now, if you are looking for a true custom site-specific design for your new home or your renovation project, the first thing that you're going to need to find out in how any DNC business uh, operates is how they're actually going to be creating your design. Will they be doing a fully one-off bespoke custom design uniquely for you or will they have another type of approach? Now, some DNC businesses, they'll actually have an existing collection of floor plan designs that they might have created to fit their building methodologies or their budget points, or perhaps that they've used on previous projects and they know that they work and they can build them. And so they'll actually take one of these designs and they'll work with you to customise one of these existing designs to help it suit your site and your brief but it's always going to be from this base. And you may or may not know that they're always working off a base. You may just feel that it's you're sort of being steered in a particular direction. 
Now, this may not be an issue for you. You may not mind. You may have actually seen their houses and love the ones that they've already done. So it's, you know, it's not going to necessarily prevent you from using them. But if you were hoping for a fully customized design that was done from scratch, then you're going to want to establish this whole kind of idea of where your design comes from before you're committed to this company. And if you are actually looking for a truly site-specific response and your site has some unique qualities or challenges that you want to incorporate and deal with, then this design approach is going to be a very important consideration for you. Next, it's important that you find out who the designer or designers will be and how you'll actually get to work with them. You know, given that the design process, it can actually be a really intimate one that works well when you have a fantastic communication uh, and collaborative relationship with your designer. So it's really worth you finding out who your designer will be in any DNC business. If the DNC business is promising architectural design services, then that legally needs to be offered by a registered architect. And what I find is that some DNC businesses, they'll just have one nominated architect who oversees the designs that go through its doors, but the designers who actually develop the projects day to day and who might work with the clients, they're actually building designers or they're draftspeople and you know, all that's really required for this DNC company to define the services that they're providing as architectural design is that they just need that one single nominated registered architect at the top who doesn't necessarily need to be the one working with you or physically designing your home. Now, there are a lot of companies that are set up like this. Uh, some of them will actually have a team of freelancing draftspeople who are the ones doing the design work and they might be being paid a percentage or a commission uh, for each of the projects that they work on. And so you may approach the DNC company thinking that you're getting one thing and then you're getting farmed out to a local drafty who is another type of designer altogether. Now, in some DNC businesses, you won't actually ever get to meet the designer uh, and your design experience will be handled either directly by the builder or supervisor that you're going to be working with or by a customer service representative, a salesperson, who then is going to be relaying your design brief plus you know, anytime you have a review of the plans, the information from that and the feedback is going to go via them back to the designer for drawing updates. And you can imagine, you know, if you were planning on having a collaborative kind of relationship with a designer, even just the communication issues that are around that sort of relay process, they can be hugely problematic and it can mean big time delays and it can mean difficulties in you actually getting the outcome that you're chasing. Choosing a DNC business is going to be the, exactly the same as you choosing a designer and choosing a builder. Okay, so it's just that when you're selecting a DNC business, you're choosing both of these roles at the same time. So you kind of have to do double the due diligence of uh, each of those roles. So I would still suggest all the same due diligence that you do, you know, if you were choosing a standalone designer, so that you can actually ensure appropriate fit and match for you and your project and that they're going to work with you in the way that you are anticipating and hoping for your future home. So understand who will be your designer. What are their qualifications? What is their experience like in projects like yours? And are they a good fit for your project vision in terms of their design abilities, their communication skills and their general approach? And then it's a case of you finding out what your contact with them will actually involve. So Will you be able to meet with them directly and how are they going to work with you? Will, you know, the builder or someone else at the company always be at those meetings? How will you provide feedback on the design? You know, can you contact the designer directly or is it going to be via an in-between person? 
I see lots of homeowners choose DNC thinking that they're still going to get to work with a designer really closely and enjoy a really thorough and fun design process where they're exploring options and ideas for their home and it's really that kind of you know, custom design experience that they were hoping for. And then they discover that in working with the DNC company, it's actually something entirely different. And they discover, for example, that they're never actually going to be able to meet with the designer, that they're held at arm's length from the design process, and that they're only able to speak to a sales consultant about their project. And communication challenges make the project hard or customization is just not as possible as they'd hoped for. And it's really frustrating to navigate that way if you had different expectations. So, upfront, find out who the designer will be and how this process of working with them will go. And if it matters to you, then this is going to be a way that you can differentiate between different DNC companies. Let's now talk about the design phase and some key things to establish before you work with a design construct or a DNC business. There's a few things to cover here. So I'm going to introduce them first and move through them quickly and then I'm going to expand on them uh, and what you need to consider in terms of the various things to discuss with any DNC business. So the key things to think about they can include but they're not limited to. Uh, the first one is how long will the design phase actually go for? How many reviews or how many design reviews are included in the design phase? Uh, what type of agreement are you signing to commission the design phase? Who owns the products of this design phase? What will this phase cost in fees? How will budgetary information be provided during the design phase? What assumptions are being made in that budgetary information that's being provided? And what other steps will be taken in this design phase? Now, I'm going to quickly describe each of these, but remember, you can go and grab a transcript of this episode as a free PDF download um, because we're covering a lot of ground here and I want to make sure that you've got this information to go back to, particularly if you're interviewing design construct businesses, that you can actually have this to go through and understand the kinds of questions that you have to ask. So um, if you head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 197, and that's the numbers 197, then you'll be able to grab this transcript and it may come in handy uh, with everything that I'm going through here. So that first one, how long will the design phase go for? Now in a traditional custom design process, when you're working with a building designer or an architect, the design phase itself, it can go, you know, for anywhere between a few months to 12 months sometimes. And the duration of the design phase is going to be dependent on a range of considerations. So this will include the complexity of your project, the designer that you're using, how quickly they actually physically work, how they might present ideas to you, the number of options that they're going to take you through, then the timing that might happen between presenting those options and you having those meetings, and then the time that it takes you to physically kind of gather your thoughts, give you feedback and commit to ideas as you move through the design phase. What I find though that in a DNC business, it's quite a different exercise because I find that their goal is more towards you know, the design phase is really about just getting you through the design process as quickly as they possibly can to get you to construction. And this will especially be the case if they're only charging you a nominal fee for the design process, or they're doing free design services, or they're telling you that whatever the cost of the design services are, that they're going to deduct them from the construction contract when you get there. 
As a sidebar, it's worth remembering there is no such thing as free design services or free design. You know, free design is it's definitely one of the reasons that I see many use these DNC businesses. But the price to cover that design process, if they're using people to design your homes and there's some kind of personal interface and there's, you know, time being taken and expertise being given, that cost of that design service is going to be baked somewhere into your project costs. So instead, why don't you ask for an outline of how long the design phase generally takes? Because this is really going to help you understand uh, how to plan for this process and it's going to help you understand the level of design investigation that this phase will include as well. And this follows on to the next thing to check, which is how many options and design reviews are actually included. So you want to understand how many options you're going to get to review and how many times you'll actually get to meet with the designer or the DNC company during the design phase. Uh, and you want to find this out before you commit to working with them. Because I find uh, homeowners will commit to a DNC business and then after they start working with them th- through that design phase and they find that they're just not being shown very many options uh, and they're being expected to go down one pathway pretty quickly. And so the options are really limited and the floor plan design is they're trying to fix it really, really early on. And, uh, you know, design, design decisions are then just sort of being made around the edges of smaller specifications and changes. And, you know, on the other end of this, there will be homeowners who will find that the design phase actually goes slower than they expected or it's more arduous and they can't seem to arrive at a design result or they're being held away from the designer and so they're relaying everything through that sales consultant. And so it's taking ages to get the design phase um, finalised and to get to that final sort of design version that they like. And the DNC company, because it's taking a long time, will then start saying to them, well, they're going to be charging them extra for changes to scope and extra reviews when it really feels like it's actually a problem with the process and the communication issues that are causing the problems and the delays. Now, ideally, and this is going to be the case too, when you're working with building designers and architects, you should be able to, before you start working with them, to be able to get them to explain to you so you can get an understanding of how the design phase is going to roll out, the number of meetings that you'll have, the number of options that you're going to get to see, and how long it should take for you to arrive at the final design based on their experience of working with homeowners like you in projects like yours. The next thing that you want to check is what type of agreement are you signing to commission the design phase? And this one is a big deal, okay, because the agreement is the thing that catches many out and it causes a lot of issues and dramas for people. Now, up front, I am going to suggest that any contract or agreement that you're signing in any part of your project, it needs to be checked for the legal obligations that you're signing up to. So get legal advice and just find out what's applicable for your location and your personal circumstances so that you can manage your risk. Now, what you'll find is that to commence the design phase with a DNC company, you'll usually be required to sign some form of preliminary agreement. Please read this agreement because far too often what happens is that homeowners unwittingly sign this agreement without understanding what it involves. It might even be a pretty simple looking document with very, very small print on it. And so they'll sign up with the DNC business and they'll start moving through the design process. And then for a range of reasons, they'll decide that they don't want to keep going into construction with this DNC business. And it, you know, it might be that costs of kept kind of sneaking up too much, or it might be that the relationship's out and they've communications is not happening and they don't feel that they have sufficient trust to be able to sign a contract and keep going. 
um, with construction with the same company. And so the homeowner will then try to exit the relationship and the agreement uh, with the hope to actually take that design that they've been spending all this time working on and falling in love with and, you know, developing all this time with this company and uh, so that they can take it somewhere else to continue the process. And then they'll discover that their preliminary agreement has an exit fee in it in order for them to be able to do that. These exit fees, they can be huge. You know, I've actually heard them be as much as $35,000 for a set of drawings that are really just design concepts with little detail on them. Uh, You know, you would have paid a a designer far less to be able to do that and be able to use, have the license to the design. So this is going to be especially important if you've if you've brought your own design to the DNC company, because what I see happen is lots of homeowners uh, will specifically choose a DNC company because they've done their own design. So they'll have worked up a concept themselves and, you know, done a floor plan sketch, be it in an app or on paper. You know, sometimes these can be very elaborate, resolved design drawings, and then they'll take it to a DNC company feeling that they just need a little bit of extra design input and that professional kind of oversight to help develop it and to turn it into something that is a functional family home. And then, of course, generate all the additional documentation that's required for approvals and construction and then give the costing input along the way so that they can make sure their budget's being managed throughout. And then what will happen is that they'll be working with the DNC company, things will go pear-shaped and they want to leave the DNC company and then they have to pay an exit fee to take the design with them, the design that they'd actually brought to the table and come up with themselves. Now, in many, contra- in many locations, you can't actually sign a construction contract until you have a resolved design and you've got some specific documentation. You know, sometimes it might be that you need structural engineering. There's different conditions in different locations in different contracts. But some of these DNC companies have actually created their own legal documents and they'll have a raft of special conditions in them. And they may look like, they may be presented like standard contracts. They may look like something that you think that the Master Builders Association or the HIA has generated. But it's not until you actually go through them in detail and you realise all the amendments and changes to the standard conditions. So it's really essential that you understand the agreement that you're signing if you're working with, I mean, if you're working with anyone, um, but particularly if you're working with a DNC company and thinking that things are going to be one way because you might find out that the agreement means it's going to be something else. And so you want to know what it's going to obligate you to do and what terminating it is going to look like as well. Now, another question is who actually owns the products of this design phase? So by products, I don't only mean the design itself, you know, which we've obviously just been through, but also any other consultant or site information that's going to be commissioned along the way. Now, in a traditional design process, you would be obtaining other information about your site and your home and your designer that you're working with ideally be helping you coordinate this and be liaising with consultants and things like that. If you're working with an architect, they'll just do this as a matter of course. Building designers sometimes do it. And those extra people and processes, they'll be helping resolve the design and the and getting together the required drawings that you need. So, you know, these might be things like surveys and soil tests and structural design input you know, other important information. And some of this can be specific to your site and your council conditions and your location as well. So you want to understand who's actually going to be physically organising these things and then who's going to own them as well. Um, Because if you want to leave the DNC company, then you may need to commission all of these services again yourself. 
And if any of them have been paid for by the DNC company, so the DNC company is directly paid, you know, on your behalf, but the DNC company is the ones that has invoiced you and then they've paid the structural engineer or the surveyor or they've, you know, paid the, for the soil test. Uh, and then there ends up being something wrong with that information down the track, say, you know, for example, the advice was incorrect and that creates issues for you down the track, which means extra cost or extra time in your project, then you're going to have to go via the DNC company to legally chase any recourse or compensation rather than going directly to those those uh, consultants um, or those particular services. So you want to understand who owns the products and what those relationships are going to be and whether they're going to be directly between you and those people uh, or whether they're going to be via the DNC company. You also want to understand what this phase is going to cost in fees and what you're physically going to get for it. So what are the deliverables? Now, I see a lot of homeowners believe that working with a DNC company is going to save them in design fees, but sometimes the design cost can actually be more in a DNC company. And, you know, for some reason, many homeowners won't actually establish what they're going to be getting for the fees that they're paying for this design phase. You know, it might be that the phase is actually being offered at no charge or the charges are being taken off the contract sum, as I mentioned before. And so I find sometimes that means homeowners just don't assess it with the same scrutiny that they would if they were working with a separate designer. But it's really important to know what you're getting for your money. And even if this phase is being offered for free, the cost is going to be included somewhere in your charges down the line. You also under, obviously want to understand you know, what the deliverables are and what you're actually going to get in drawings. So are you going to get any 3D modelling? You know, what what types and numbers of drawings are you going to get? What's the extent of the documentation? Is that documentation included in the design phase or is there going to be another fee down the line to pay for construction documentation? So, you know, just understanding how that rolls out so you're not hit with surprise fees later on. What's the level of presentation going to be? You know, what's the number of meetings as we spoke about before? how are you actually going to be supported in having confidence in the design before you're committing to build it? And what's that process of getting you to understand what the design's going to be like to live in as they work with you through that process? You also want to understand how budget and costing advice is going to be provided during the design phase and what assumptions are going to be made in that advice. Now, this is a big one too. Because, of course, the main promise of the DNC business is that they're going to have design, cost and building all under one roof and with one point of contact. And so that's the assurance that most homeowners rely upon to feel that their design is going to be delivered according to their budget with no nasty surprises. Now, they can be sorely disappointed to discover that during the design phase, the budgetary input is actually fairly scant, that you know, I see homeowners, they're wanting to explore options. They're wanting to understand and explore different ideas to test those budget implications. And, it, you know, it might be just as simple as them saying, look, you know, if we did this, what's that going to cost? And could we fit it into our budget? What would happen if we did that? You know, and really sort of tic-tac-toeing about what those what those uh, design decisions might be that then might have those budget implications. Now, the DNC business, whilst this is happening, may not actually be updating the budget with the specifics of your project, or they may just be working off a square metre rate until right before contract. Uh, and they may also not be taking into account any of the specific implications of your site as part of that budgetary advice as well. So you can find that you can have all of the same issues that you have with a traditional design bid build process. Um, 
in that you don't know the true cost of your project until all of the documentation is complete and the approvals are achieved and the contract is about to be prepared and then you'll find out that it's more than you anticipated. So if you are working with one of these DNC businesses with the hope that you'll be able to explore lots of ideas, you know, juggle and entertain and explore different options, really test what your budget can buy and what that might mean for your future home design, then find out early if this is actually going to be the case and how you'll get to work with them. And also have a really frank conversation with them before you start, before you commit that, you know, how do they actually work out accurately the cost of the design on your site? You know, how does that get updated? How does that get informed along the way? as they gather more information about the specifics of your site, like the soil test and the survey, and how do they then update the prices with those current rates so that you're always knowing as you go iteratively what the design is physically costing you for your site and your location. Because if this doesn't get updated until after the contract is signed, you know, then any of those extra costs are going to be a variation. And if it doesn't get updated formally until right before you sign a contract, then you might be sorely disappointed that you've tracked over budget without really knowing it. Now, you also want to understand what other steps are going to be taken in the design phase. So this goes back to that information I was discussing about the products of your design that I mentioned earlier. So, you know, your design phase is going to involve more than just simply getting the design sorted. It's going to involve the coordination of other people and processes along the way. So you want to discuss with the DNC company or with the DNC builder, you know, what are these processes? What what are they specifically for your site, your council, your conditions? Who's going to be coordinating them? And what are the timeline and the steps going to look like as you progress through? You know, it's because many homeowners work with companies who, who don't or who won't actually educate their clients on the steps and the processes involved that I actually have my program, The Home Method, because I find that when you know the steps, you can work with anyone and then you can have the confidence that things are moving as they need to, or you can point out early to those people that you're working with that there are issues that need to be attended to. What I find is that great operators, they'll actually seek to establish what you know and don't know up front, and then they'll move through the process educating you so that you can feel informed and comfortable and confident about working with them. So it's really important that you elicit this early from uh, from where your interviews with this with the DNC companies, that you have this conversation with them about, you know, all of the workings of the design phase before you commit to that process and you sign something legal. You also want to understand how resolved things will be before you reach that contract stage. So this, you know, uh, it's sort of reinforcing what I've said earlier And you'll probably know that I'm a really big believer that prior to signing your contract, you want to lock in as much as possible and you want to make as many decisions as possible as well so that your contract sum actually reflects what you want in your future home. Otherwise, what you're going to be doing is signing a contract that has a bunch of allowances that are then really ripe for variations uh, during the build. So again, this is a conversation to have with any DNC company so that you know the type of building contract that you're going to be signing once the design phase is done and also how much certainty you're going to have in the contract sum and the inclusion of your selections and your fixtures and your finishes and to what level they're going to be specified before you sign the contract. Okay. So you've done all of this. You've done all of these checks, asked all these questions that I've suggested. Is there anything else now to be worried about? Well, I do actually have a couple of issues and concerns about the DNC process of navigating your project. The first one is that something that that 
I find a lot aren't aware of is that design comes with its own liability issues that many builders aren't aware of, even though they offer design services as part of their building business. Now, this is from my experience of discussing this with builders generally, and also with builders who offer DNC inside their businesses. Many are completely unaware of the extra responsibilities and the liabilities that they're taking on by providing design services. And they think that the draftsperson or the building designer that they've hired is totally across that. And oftentimes they're not aware of it either. So, you know, if the builder has contracted the design services, if they've they've done this as part of a relationship with you, whether it's in-house or whether it's via an external subcontractor, then they're legally liable for that design. And if there are any issues with it, then you're going to need to go through them for any recourse and compensation. Now, being unaware of the liabilities that they have around the design, that might mean that the builder actually isn't properly managing the design risk, uh, or they may not be properly insured for it either. Or they may just not understand what's involved as they help you resolve your design for your new home or renovation. So this is about the risk associated with how things are designed, not about, you know, the materials and those kinds of things. There's risk associated with that in terms of the construction and the suitability and the durability and all of that stuff. But there's inherent risks in design itself, in things being suitable for purpose and suitable for function. And a lot of builders just aren't aware of the risk that they're taking on in that kind of environment. Now, the second issue that I find uh, happens with DNC, and this is a big one too, is that the designer actually works for the builder. They don't work for you inside a DNC process. So when you work with a DNC company or you work with a DNC builder, even if it's an external designer that the builder is subcontracting, the designer is going to be accountable to the builder and not to you. You know, that this and this changes the nature of collaboration. It also changes the nature of the options that you get that get explored. I find that it changes how much the design actually explores and optimizes what's possible for your brief and your site and your budget. There's this really lovely professional tension that happens when builders and designers work together. And, you know, when they're both directly contracted to you with your agenda for the brief and budget as their driver, then there's a really great opportunity to use their expertise and to really, you know, optimize that professional tension to maximize the potential in your project. I see that that professional tension doesn't always happen inside a DNC business. Because often the designer is just used to working how the builder wants them to, you know, they, their designs are all always about fitting the the way of the builder and the way that the builder constructs things. And, you know, or the designer will just know that there's only specific options to show and present um, or they're, you know, they're working from a set of designs that they always use. This means that you can just miss out on a lot of design possibilities and potential in this arrangement. And it can mean that you're you're really just in a dual kind of two-person relationship with the builder where it's you and, and them agreeing and disagreeing on things with you never really knowing if there's other options available design-wise because you don't have that kind of partnership happening of those of you, the designer and the builder, kind of with the designer and the builder both being directly accountable to you working together to really push the project forward. So what you can find is if you know, you're working with the builder and the designer inside a DNC business, the designer is accountable to the builder and not directly accountable to you. The builder then can actually drive the design outcome quite strongly in this arrangement. And 
that may be totally fine for you. That may be, you may be totally okay with that. But in my experience, what I find is that builders, they're rarely qualified, trained and experienced designers, as well as being licensed builders. You know, they're builders first. And they may have a DNC business because they like being involved in the design process firsthand. And so that's why they've created the business that they have. Or it may be because they don't like working with designers they can't control. As an architect, I actually think that all of the argy-bargy that I've had with builders over the years, you know, builders that I've actually, I've really respected and I've got along with really well, where we've really pushed each other professionally to make things work and to deliver the best for a client and a project and a finished result, like that argy-bargy when it's done in a respectful and collaborative way, it's amazing for projects. It really pushes the envelope of what's possible. And if it's not happening, if you, you know, I find that as a homeowner, you're then really only getting one side of the story. And in my mind, that means that you can just find that you're missing out on what's possible in the opportunities for your project and your future home. So if you are heading into a DNC process thinking that it's going to make your life easier as a homeowner, that it's going to give you greater confidence around design and your budget meeting together, and it means that you only have one company to deal with, then maybe just consider this. What could you, what could you personally do to become better educated in the process of your project in actually understanding the steps that it takes to move from the start to the finish of your renovation or new build? Because that's information that will always come in handy, whoever you're working with. And you might find that it may just liberate you to think about the option of having a more complete and collaborative team where the designer or architect and the builder They're directly working for you. They're both directly accountable to you. Your agreements are with them independent of each other. And then they're combining their skills and expertise and experience and collaborating with you to really maximise what's possible for your site, your budget and your future home. Well, okay. I I do hope that this run through of, of the DNC process of design construct builders, design build builders, design build companies, all the different names that they have. You know, I really hope that this has been helpful and that it's been good to learn the various things to consider and understand before you're working with one. And, you know, that you found this episode really useful in thinking about whether this is going to be a good fit for your project. I have crammed a lot into this episode and, you know, this it's going to be when it's really helpful for you to grab the transcript. So remember that it's available for free on the Undercover Architect website. You can head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 197 and that's the numbers 197. And you can get it there as a PDF download. And I've actually, I've really loved hearing from listeners who've got in touch with me that say that they've been... Um, yeah, that they've really loved being able to access the transcripts to the podcast because I know some of you do prefer to read rather than listen. And I also know that many of you will listen to podcast episodes over and over and sometimes having the notes to be able to highlight and make your own notes on and put into your project files can be super handy. So make sure you head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 197 to grab the transcript for this episode. Please share this podcast episode with family, friends, colleagues, even strangers, basically anyone that you know it may help so that we can get this information and knowledge into the ears and hands of as many homeowners as possible and improve their experience of designing, building and renovating their family homes. I love hearing the stories of those who found this podcast thanks to the generosity of another listener. It is just awesome. 
Now, if you haven't left a review on the Undercover Architect podcast, especially if you listen on iTunes, I would be so grateful if you please could. It really makes a difference in enabling this podcast to reach others that it can help. And it also ensures that I can continue to grow the podcast and get amazing guests and information on here as well. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, which lands each Tuesday morning to access helpful information and education in your project journey so that you can get it right as you design, build or renovate your family home. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye. Bye.